Thank you for joining us today for TEDCO Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join TEDCO CEO, Troy Lamel Stovall, in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Troy is joined by Michelle Wheely, President and CEO of the Economic Alliance of Greater Baltimore. Listen now to learn more about Michelle and the role she plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial community. Happy holidays, everyone. My name's Troy Lamel Stovall. I am the CEO and Executive Director for TEDCO. And uh, welcome to TEDCO Talks. And first of all, before I introduce uh, my exciting guest today, I want to extend my, my sincerest greetings. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. And if I missed anybody, <laughs> it's, for the, it's from the heart, not from the mind. And so uh, please enjoy. But most importantly, in this year of 2020, please enjoy it safely uh, and, 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 and make sure you think about others as well. So with that, I, I am just excited here uh, to have... Um, my newest friend, uh, Michelle Wheely, who is the, uh, who, who heads up uh, EAGB, and you're going to learn more about EAGB here in a second, but Michelle, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for agreeing to do the TEDCO Talks for us today. Uh, my, my pleasure, um, uh, and it's uh, Michelle Welly, it's Welly uh, like Kelly. See, there you go, so the Welly, see? Yeah. There you go, um, Michelle Welly. Everybody makes that mistake, including everybody in my family. So see, there you go. Not a big deal. Uh, but, I, but I echo uh, to all the viewers the, the good wishes for the holiday season. And thankfully, 2020 is coming to an end. Um, I don't really care that we don't have any idea what's going to happen in the first part of 2021. <laughs> At least it's a new year. There you go. There you go. Michelle, let's just dive right into it, if you don't mind. So I think um, a lot of our listeners may not know about EAGB. So why don't you tell a little bit about EAGB? And then as you do that, a little bit about Michelle, so we know a little bit about more about you and how you got to this point. Great. Thank you, Troy. Um, EAGB, um, unfortunately, is, is not as well known as we would like. It's been around for 23 years, believe it or not. Um, it was formed in the late 1990s um, uh, with a mission uh, that is still true to today, and that is to market the economic development assets of the region as a region, as opposed to each jurisdiction in the greater Baltimore region being out on their own. Uh, the region includes a Baltimore City and then the surrounding counties, Cecil, Carroll, Harford, Baltimore counties, Howard County, and Arundel County. And those counties are included in the region by charter. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our charter uh, provides for voting seats for the county executives of those counties and the mayor um, you know, on the board, um, as well as, as a few other um, ex officio, but voting ex officio members, mm -hmm. the, the secretary of the Department of Commerce, uh, the chancellor of the university system, et cetera. Uh, as I said, we are, we have uh, over 23 years old. Um, we um, have a, a fairly unique board in that, as I just mentioned, uh, we have elected officials um, who are voting members of the board alongside uh, academia, university system, Towson University, uh, Loyola, uh, and Harry County Community College, and then private sector industry. Uh, uh, and because of, of, of the uh, uh, government involvement in our board, we do not lobby. We are not a lobbying organization. Um, we're also not a membership organization. Um, our board um, are our investors, uh, and they provide you know, year, yearly contributions to, to keep the organization running. 
So our mission is, is very much uh, uh, marketing the economic development assets of the region. Uh, we work very closely with the economic development officers in those jurisdictions, mm -hmm. lots of private sector partners, as well as public sector partners, um, the, the Cybersecurity Association of Maryland, for example, the Regional Manufacturing Institute, Maryland Tech Council, Downtown Partnership. I mean, I could, you know, the alphabet soup of, of, of organizations. <laughs> um, I've been on board since January 2019, um, along with um, my, my, my top-notch COO, uh, Sharon Markley Schreiber. We started uh, together in January um, with the task of getting the organization really refocused on its core mission. Again, the mission has not changed over the years. Uh, we uh, started out with um, no staff. Um, uh, it took us a couple months to get the staff in place, but we're now um, five individuals, actually four and three quarter individuals. Um, so we're, we're, we're lean and mean. Um, uh, because of that, um, we, uh, we collaborate, we partner. We don't reinvent the wheel. Um, uh, we don't duplicate. Um, we're here to support all the folks out there, all the organizations that are doing good work. Uh, including our, uh, our local jurisdictions. Um, my background is all economic development, uh, really, really since, since the uh, 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 early 1990s. I know I'm dating myself. Most of my work has been in and around the Baltimore area. I spent about two years in New Haven, Connecticut, um, uh, 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 under a contract with Yale to form an economic development organization for the city. Wow. Um, and I've also done off and on over these years, um, I've, I've uh, done uh, a lot of ind independent consulting, um, but I've, uh, I've been an executive vice president at Baltimore's Economic Development Corporation in the 90s. Um, I was uh, president of the Downtown Partnership uh, for almost five years in the early 2000s. Um, I ran the, uh, Central Maryland Transportation Alliance for four years. Um, so, you know, my, 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 my career path has really been in the nonprofit arena, uh, very focused on economic development. Even the, the Transportation Alliance, you know, the, 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 the transportation, the focus of that organization while I was running it, and still to a large extent today, um, is transportation through the lens of economic development. Uh, getting people to jobs, being a catalyst for, for, for projects, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. Uh, so. That's great. And, and, you know, I have to say thank you for your service to the state. You know, we, I appreciate it, and uh, I know the state appreciates your service to the state. That's, that's a great mix. I mean, you brought together through the, the alliance and the, the word of EAGB, if people had figured out by now, the A is alliance, yeah. and economic <laughs> alliance of greater Baltimore. You know, I keep saying it, but it's the Economic Alliance of Greater Baltimore. And I you know, hope you agree the key word in that is alliance. And Absolutely. You, you, you've built that a group of folks. Tell me the, the strength of having all those people being able to come together. And there's, is there a project or something that you can point to that people may not know the role that the EAGB has helped in making that particular thing happen? Um, that's an interesting question. We, we are not, um, this is gonna sound unusual for an economic development organization. We are, we are not particularly focused on projects per se. Um, but what we have done, um, because our focus is marketing, um, as, we, as we push our marketing efforts from inside the region, and what I mean by that is for, for the better part of 2019, we were very focused on making sure that the region itself knew how strong it was, mm -hmm. that, 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 sees the, that the distribution and manufacturing uh, uh, 
uh, industries in Cecil and Carroll counties were as important to the region's health as uh, BWI Airport, Fort Meade, and NSA in Anne Arundel County. We spent a great deal of time really focusing on that. And as we push out um, uh, uh, to the out-of-region marketing, very targeted, and I'll get into that a little bit later, um, having private sector industry and academia at the table with local government in terms of identifying uh, uh, the strong industry sectors and making sure that our competitive uh, uh, regions across the country were aware of the assets that we have. Um, we have uh, a marketing committee, marketing, marketing and marketing subcommittee. <laughs> it's MCSC. I always have these acronyms in my head. Um, and, and what that committee does is there's about 60 individuals who, 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 um, who are members of the committee, about 40 on a regular basis. Um, we, we have asked our private sector partners, uh, our board members as well as other partners, to use their strength, their marketing uh, uh, reach to amplify our message. We can never, as an organization, push out a marketing message to the extent that a Bank of America or an M&T Bank or a T. Rowe Price or an Ernst & Young, all those uh, companies on our board, they can do that through their networks. And what we've asked them to do is to amplify our marketing message as appropriate, and we in turn will amplify theirs. And that includes what the academic institutions. So I think that's where the that's one area where the collaboration within an organization, the alliances within the organization, really work well together. No, that's great. And so I like your word amplify. Uh, to, you know, I, I really, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, what's one of those assets that, you know, you, you, when people think about kind of, you know, if you will, the area around Baltimore, Central Maryland there, that people may not know is really an asset that hasn't gotten as much attention as people, and it's a strong asset, but people haven't heard about it or know about it. Yeah, I think people are pretty well versed in the fact that we, because of our location, um, that we're strong in defense um, uh, industry and cybersecurity and IT. Um, health, healthcare, and, and life sciences, but the, the 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 two, if not three, that 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 I have found has surprised people at times, particularly people who are not right in the region, are logistics and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, logistics, in particular, to a large degree, because of the port, which is one of the top performing ports in the country, but also the land-based uh, uh, logistics distribution and warehousing is what what I'm referring to specifically because of the, of, of the very good transportation network. We're on the East Coast and the Mid-Atlantic, a terrific highway and, and, and freight rail network that, that can really serve most of, of the country uh, through the Midwest. Uh, so we're, we're very attractive for, for logistics and it's an area of um, uh, uh, growth that has just taken off incredibly because of e-commerce. And that was happening even before the pandemic. But now with the pandemic, when everybody's shopping online um, and everybody wants their items delivered yesterday, forget about today, they want it yesterday. So uh, a lot of uh, activity uh, throughout the region in terms of warehousing and distribution, that's, that surprises people. The other area is manufacturing. And, and contrary to popular opinion, manufacturing is not dead. Um, uh, we're not seeing, Maryland as a state is not seen as a hotbed of manufacturing activity, but in fact our manufacturing sector is, is, is quite strong. Uh, we, we have a competitive disadvantage um, to uh, the southeast uh, where there's a great deal of manufacturing due significantly to cost of energy, 
and labor costs where we're starting to, 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 to be very competitive and really attract uh, some real attention is the fact that manufacturing is becoming increasingly based on technology. Um, and even entry-level jobs in manufacturing are requiring workers to have a baseline understanding of technology. And that's where we excel um, uh, because of the, uh, our strong educational system, mm-hmm. high school, college, um, and, and, and four-year institutions. And the third area that I'll mention, um, only because people don't often think about it, is agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, is strong statewide, um, but it, it is very important for the economies of, of three, if not four, of our, of our, of our local jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. No, I, and just in that last one, aquaculture, um, I have made a, kind of a, a commitment that it's an area of, of, of emphasis for TEDCO. I've been talking to the folks on, on, the, on the shore and uh, been participating with a number of folks with the incubators there. And, I definitely think it's a it's a space like you just said that we have a spike and there's no reason that Maryland as a, as a as a state can't be a national leader in in this space and so I know Tedco we want to be investing those and some startups right. that want to be in that space uh, and and on the manufacturing uh, you didn't mention it, but you know obviously uh, we've got this vaccine and we'll talk about COVID obviously in a minute but you know uh, one of the vaccines are being is being manufactured being produced uh, here here in Maryland. Yeah, Emergent Biosolutions, um, uh, uh, which is um, uh, in the city, as well as Montgomery County, uh, Catalent, um, which is in uh, Anne Arundel County, as well as in, is in Montgomery County, and, and there's several more, are, are ramping up to manufacture the vaccines. Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, the greater Baltimore area has, has been put on the map uh, in a perverse way, thanks to the pandemic. Uh, because of the presence of the university system, which is very strong in vaccine development, and Johns Hopkins. So, I mean, I think almost, almost every single morning, a morning on the morning news, there's something you know, about Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopkins, by the way, is also on our board. Mm-hmm. So yes, the spotlight is, 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 is shining um, on the region because of the, the strong pharmaceutical um, uh, base, both on the manufacturing side and the R&D side. And one of the things that we need to do better at the Economic Alliance is, is collaborate um, uh, uh, and, and find uh, synergistic ways of partnering with the strong pharmaceutical industry in the D.C. area. Um, you know, I've reached out to bio, the BioHealth uh, Innovation Group, Rich Bendis, um, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of others to really see, you know, there's always going to be competition between the two regions, but there's also a great deal of, of opportunity for collaboration. No, I agree with you. I think you, you and I talked about this the other day is, you know, we, we will only be as strong as we are knitted together as the, and, and the tighter we are. And you can have friendly competition, but we, as long as we have a singular goal of elevating Maryland, amplifying Maryland, right. to use your words, then we can always work around the areas where we may have competition around. And there's competition within the region itself. I mean, when, when we get a request, either from a, a, a real estate company or, or, or the company itself, for information because they're interested in a facility in the region, um, we'll do a, a real quick, um, I'll call it an RFI. It's mm-hmm. very, very uh, you know, short and sweet and send it to all seven of our economic development uh, partners. And say, you know, here, here's something that's come, over, come across our desk. Are any of you interested in putting in a proposal? And once we narrow it down to the individual jurisdictions, and there could be two or three, um, and then we turn it over to the, to the jurisdictions themselves and to commerce uh, because we're, we, are not, we are not negotiating deals. You know, we're, we're not in that game, thankfully. Been there, done that, we're not in that game. 
Um, but we can uh, facilitate uh, the connections with uh, the, the, the locals and that the state. So we've been dancing around it. So, you know, you, like you said, you started in 2019, you, you got your, got your team built up, you, you turned the year, the calendar turned to 2020 and January <laughs> hit in February and then hey. something happened in March. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's unbelievable how literally it's just like, you know, one day you're sitting here at your desk and you're working and you, you, you walk out and you close the lights, you lock up and that's it. You know, <laughs> so that's it. Uh, it really had an impact um, on us, but like many other organizations and, and private sector companies, we, you know, we pivoted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a job to do, and we have to satisfy our investor board. Um, the, 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 the biggest impact um, was we had just launched um, uh, what was hoping to be, planned to be, a pretty aggressive out-of-region marketing effort, very targeted. Um, we we uh, engaged a company uh, that developed a platform for us uh, for digital ads based on geofencing. Mm. So what we did um, uh, was uh, uh, myself and my staff we identified locations. Life Sciences was the first was the first um, uh, focus. Uh, literally, the addresses of incubators, private sector businesses, universities, etc., in Boston and Philly that were hotbeds of life science activity. Like push, pushing out these Google ads, very, very basic ads, the goal of which was to put out some statistics, number one in federal research dollars, you know, number two in this, and get people to click on the link to our website where they can get more information. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate goal is not, not for them to go on our website and stay there, but to go on our website and be very interested in, well, what's happening in Anne Arundel County um, you know, with life sciences and click on those links. Uh, so we started that. We we did a month of those ads uh, with very positive metrics, um, and then when the pandemic uh, uh, began to rear its ugly head, uh, we did two two more weeks of very 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 vaccine focused ads, same locations, and then the world shut down. Nobody's in their offices, so you can't do the geofencing, and we started looking for other opportunities to get our message out beyond the region, beyond the state, and that's really going to be our focus in 2021. Even with the pandemic still raging, unfortunately, no, no longer using the geofencing, but looking at three, three, three industries right now: life sciences, uh, uh, of course, which includes you know healthcare and uh, digital health, um, cybersecurity, um, mm -hmm. very strong, and logistics. And we've targeted uh, locations mostly on uh, from the Midwest uh, to the east, not so much on the on the on the West Coast, where we have we, we feel we can compete very strongly. And what I mean by compete, I mean attract talent, attract capital, and attract business uh, businesses for, for relocating. Makes sense. Starting down that road again, uh, we'll be pushing out ads um, uh, in January uh, on life sciences, and I believe uh, also um, with uh, logistics. Um, again, tar targeting those areas uh, where we compete uh, very, very strong, we can compete very strongly with. That's getting people to understand what the, what the assets are, you know, in, in the region, we want to elevate greater Baltimore region as a location of choice. No matter where you are in the United States, this is the location of choice for these industry sectors. No, I like that. That's, that's, that sounds great. So, but how else has COVID impacted just your leadership? You know, you, uh, uh, you know, how you manage, how you lead. Um, and then the organization writ large, that, that's a specific, but the organization writ large, other than, you know, having to learn how to use Zoom, you know, all the time. 
you know, what are, what are some of the lasting impacts that you think are going to happen because of COVID, both for Michelle and, and for EAGB? Um, well, the, the, uh, on one hand, because we have a small staff, we, 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 we talk constantly, either by phone, by conference call, by Zoom. Um, you know, Sharon, uh, uh, again, my, my COO, Sharon Markley-Schreiber, has done a terrific job of, of really rolling up the shirt sleeves and, and looking at how to improve, you know, our, 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 um, uh, our, net, our networks, um, social media, our newsletter, you know, you know, constantly looking to improve how we get our message out. Staff has been terrific. Um, so, that, so keeping our staff together and keeping our staff connected ha has not been a, a, a challenge. And I think it is because we are, we are so small. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what I think has changed, certainly has changed in the last nine, nine ten months, but, but, but it'll be interesting to see how, how things evolve over the next six months. Um, our, my private sector um, uh, industry partners um, uh, and, and board members, um, I, I do a lot of, um, um, I'm, I'm out of the office constantly, or sure. was out of the office constantly. You know, you know, my job is to be out there, you know, at meetings, visiting companies, et cetera, et cetera. That, of course, is all shut down. Uh, but it's important that, that we at, at the Alliance, you know, keep in touch with our, our board members. Um, so there's been a lot of one-on-one. Um, -on -one um, I think I'm now up to number 30, 31, one-on-one, 30-minute Zoom, Zoom calls, you know, just saying, hey, how are you doing? Sounds familiar. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, moving, moving into a, a non-pandemic world, which I hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later, it's really looking at how my board members, um, you know, what, what they've needed to do to pivot, as we have, but also, you know, what they're realizing in terms of the way they do business. Um, the impact on real estate, which we all know is going to be pretty significant. Mm -hmm. Also, it's interesting, an, an awareness on the part of many of, of my board members that, yeah, working from home has, ha hasn't been an issue. Performance is, is, has not suffered. You know, you know, we've adjusted, et cetera. But what's missing and why we still need physical space and why we need people to be in physical space, if not five days a week, but at least part of the time, is you, you miss that corporate culture. Amen. Um, you, you, you miss walking down the hallway, you know, a, a junior associate of the law firm walking down the hallway and, and just putting their head in a, a, a senior partner's you know, door and say, hey, I have, a, I have a, a question I really need some help with. Yep. And, and it's interesting that I think every single one of the people I've talked to so far that are on my board has mentioned that. that yep. The corporate culture piece, which is so important, not just economically, but from a, from a corporate civic perspective. Um, is important. That's 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 missing. So I think people are are becoming a, businesses, particularly private sector businesses, are becoming more and more aware of that uh, non-bottom line element um, of conducting business. No, and let me add to because I, I I completely agree with you. It's those water cooler conversations, right? You miss those, and and the just the the level of just the the socialization where I can find out that you know about your family or something you know about you, and so or missing the, the after five happy hours after five just right. being able to go and just have the drink uh for 30 even if it's just for 30 minutes or even just a lunch being able to have a lunch with you um those social engagements where we get to because i always say michelle i think you'll agree is that you and i can disagree but if i understand you better then i have an appreciation yeah. for why you had that point of view and i can then find a better way for us to have a communicate because i understand you versus understanding your point 
Most definitely, and, and it's Israel. You, you mentioned the the the, the networking. Um, the, you know, I, that's what I really, really do miss. Um, I mean, not not that I like being out five days a week at a at a business event, uh, but there is that opportunity for much more informal conversation. Um, really getting to know somebody outside of an official meeting, mm-hmm. and it's so important for our emerging companies um, uh, uh, because sitting behind a computer. Um, even if, if, if you've got a small group of individuals that you're collaborating with, um, as you try to build your, your, your business, um, whether it's uh, because you need to raise capital or you, you, you need a, bit, a, bit of, better, a bigger network, um, those business events are gone. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a challenge, and, 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 and I'd be interested in, in, in seeing how we can work with you on this, to, to, to get those small startup companies who... Um, I have spent the last year hunkered down in, in, in their homes to understand that you, you need to get out. You, the world is opening up. You need to get out now because this is, this is what you will get out of being out at in, informal events, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that, that's, that's a learned skill to some extent. No, you're 100% right. And, you know, uh, it's, it's easier. Again, look, I'm an old computer scientist, so it's easy to sit behind a computer and just program code all day and not think about the socialization. But... Uh, so many of these companies have to understand that that's how you get your next customer. That's how you get the next partner. That's how you should get the next funding by having these social relationships. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Most definitely. So actually, that, that actually leads me to thinking about innovation and, you know, the, and the role that Tedco plays and what the EAGB is trying to do and how innovation plays into that and the role that we as Tedco can have in working with the EAGB and helping you amplify this mess- these messages you're trying to send about greater Baltimore. Well, I think the, the innovation piece is, is, is critical. And, you know, when, when you and I talked the other day, um, an area that we um, have not dived into too deep um, because it's a difficult area to navigate and, and, and we just don't have the staff, and it's not part of our mission, is workforce. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that, that, you know, we can work with organizations like TEDCO to, to, to make sure that um, as innovation you know, moves forward at a pace that none of us ever could have predicted, you know, even five years ago, that um, the need for, for, for preparing workforce and talent um, has to go hand in hand. Uh, that, you know, providing, you know, a, a capital investment to a small emerging company um, in order to grow, but they can't find the people they need to, need to grow with, then you, you haven't really achieved anything. Um, so making sure our workforce network um, uh, uh, is is really strong enough to turn out the kinds of jobs that we need to support, frankly, all of our industry sectors. You know, I mentioned uh, earlier logistics and manufacturing. Um, you know, those are jobs uh, that that uh, uh, traditionally don't require a four-year degree. Um, you can get a, a good-paying career pathway job. Um, you know, you know, with community college or even a credential, and, and, and proceed along a, a decent career pathway. But increasingly because of the workforce demands of so many of our technology companies, you know, cyber uh, particularly, um, and, and, and incre- also in life sciences, um, you know, we know that you don't need a four-year degree to start down a pathway for a sci- in, in cybersecurity. You can get an entry-level job, you know, with, with, some, with some skills. And then, of course, you have to build on those skills to, 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 move, to move forward. Life sciences is, is another area. There's a couple of training programs in Baltimore City uh, that provide uh, uh, credentialing for high school students to have to, to become lab technicians. 
where they don't need to, to, to go to a four-year school. And not that we're trying to, to, to discourage anybody from going to a, a four-year college, but the reality is that not everybody wants to, not everybody has the opportunity to do it. Um, so making sure that that workforce element um, uh, is keeping pace with, with the innovation, I think is very important. Yeah, no, we definitely have to partner and I think it's a voice. I think it's to your point is having back to your point of an alliance is having the various voices and you have the some of the key players at your table, having the uh, higher ed, having the higher ed folks at your table. Um, but they need to hear the voice of business and the voice of us as investors, because your point is right. If if we're making investments, say, in, in the clean energy space or the aqua tech space and we got these great companies, but there's not enough people to fill the jobs that they need then frankly, it's, it's a wasted investment. Uh, it's a wasted investment and eventually they'll leave. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, no, you know, with, with, without a doubt. So I, th I think that that's critical. Yeah, and as we have that part of the conversation, the other part that's kind of part and parcel is around, you know, and one of the things that uh, COVID has exposed is the social injustice that, 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 that has been here. And I know that's, you know, we could spend probably a whole nother conversation yeah. just on that. But what has the, has the Alliance talked about that and, and any, any elements that the Alliance has talked about around that? Oh, very much so. Um, the, the June, our, our, our board meeting in June uh, was uh, about two weeks after um, George Floyd uh, situation um, mm -hmm. and the unrest demonstrations that, that, that came out of that. Um, and there were a number of, of members of our board, you know, that basically said, you know, we know we do things already. You know, we have we have a you know we have we have a, a, a civic um, responsibility, but we think we can do more. Um, uh, and can you, you know, EAGB staff, Michelle Welly, you know, help us figure out how we can do more? So that started uh, me down the road, and this is where partnerships are so important. You know, I I was very clear with the board um, uh, that um, there was no need to start a new initiative that there were plenty of good initiatives out there um, that would welcome our participation um, uh, and that we couldn't staff somebody else's initiative for them. I mean, that was not, but what we could do is be, be a connector, oops, uh, be, a, uh, be a connector and a convener. Mm -hmm. So there were, there were a couple of areas that the board was interested uh, that we're still pursuing. Um, one is providing uh, pro bono business consulting services uh, to community-based uh, or small and emerging companies, uh, companies that you know don't have a network of consultants or can mm -hmm. afford to hire consultants, you know, for business planning, financial planning, um, accounting, that kind of thing. Uh, so there are a couple of a couple of uh, partnerships that we're still pursuing on that. The second area um, was um, uh, uh, mentoring uh, uh, high school students. Um, uh, one of our board members uh, has been on the Kerwin Commission for many years, cares passionately about uh, public school education. Uh, so we're, we're, again, we're, you know, COVID has, 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 has made some of this very difficult, but we're looking at partnering with a couple of programs that are focused on uh, getting uh, Baltimore City high school students, particularly those who are seniors, who frankly don't have a clue what they're gonna do when they, when they graduate to open their eyes to what's possible, that maybe you don't want to be an accountant, but these are the types of jobs that we have in an accounting company. You know, maybe you don't want to do, you know, whatever it might be. So to not only open their eyes to the possibilities out there, but to make sure that if they have an area of interest, that working with um, these programs, and one in particular is, is grads to careers, 
Um, it's a partnership between Baltimore's Promise um, and the Baltimore City School System. Uh, um, is to make sure they're training organizations that, that we can connect them to so that they can get the training, the credentials, et cetera, to take those entry-level jobs in, in those various industries. And then for those of my board members who, who, who you know, hopefully are interested in, I'm, I'm hoping it's many of them, um, to provide uh, shadowing, internships, apprenticeships, um, uh, so, that, so that these kids coming out of high school um, have some place to go that's productive and helps them support themselves and their families, other than, frankly, standing on the street corner. Street corner. No, no. So again, that's this is an area of passion for mine, and you know we're trying to figure out from Techco our part in that, and how do we make sure that companies that we invest in one have diversity both in their founder suite as well as in their you know first uh, first set of hires that they do, and and so making sure that we're including all ball, all all Marylanders in this economic revitalization that we we have to do. We have to come out of this, and you know we've been saying that we're going to have to innovate our way out of this. We can't just restart what was, we have to really rethink what we were doing to get something different, and it has to include many more than were included before. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. So look, I wanna get, as a close, I wanna have a little fun. Um, I wanna <laughs> say, you know, I gotta have some fun. It's the holiday season, be of good cheer, be of good cheer. So I'm gonna say a few words and see, you know, first thing that comes to mind, just you know, oh, that could be dangerous, Troy. It, it absolutely, I'll give, I'll could give be it dangerous. a shot. But you know, the, we we have editors, we have content editors, so they can, <laughs> <laughs> they can figure that out. So, um, how do we go here? Oh, so let's start with Inner Harbor. Oh God, I have such a long history with the Inner Harbor, um, a treasure that that needs to be completely rethought. Mm. Old Bay crabs. <laughs> I-95. Great connector needs more transit to reduce traffic <laughs> congestion. College Park. I spent many years at College Park. Um, <laughs> again, a, a, a huge asset, not just for the immediate area, but for the entire state and, and the country. Um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the reputation of many of the schools at the University of Maryland College Park has, has been elevated over, over the years, uh, and I, I feel that we can compete with anybody. 2020. Thankfully, almost over. <laughs> New Haven. Conflicted. <laughs> um, I spent, I had a two-year contract, um, great support from Yale. Um, uh, you know, we, we created a whole new economic development organization for this city. Um, uh, uh, but um, not great uh, uh, partnership with um, the, the mayor at the time, although he wanted this to be done, um, or his administration. Great partnerships with the private sector and with Yale. Gotcha. Um, Christmas. Joyous, very good, going to be very different this year. Mm -hmm. I have a very large extended family throughout the DC Baltimore area. Um, but it's going to be me and my, 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 my kids. So, you know, five of us hunkered down, um, but we're, we're, we're so happy that we're all healthy and we can be together. There you go. And I'll close with 2021. Hopeful, aspirational, a new order, a new world, a new world order. 
So Michelle, thank you. Any last words you want to share with our, with our, with our uh, folks out here? Uh, only that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that you all reached out. Um, I'm really looking forward to a great partnership. Um, and I'm looking forward to you connecting us, us with other partners, and, and we will do the same. Um, as you mentioned, it's, it's, the, it's the connectivity that's important. Um, we have so many strong um, organizations uh, that, much like the Economic Alliance, uh, uh, working together will get us much further than working individually. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, I wish you and your family uh, the safest and the sanest uh, <laughs> uh, holiday. And uh, again, this is Troy Stovall with Tedco Talks. Uh, thank you all again. Hope everyone have a super, super holiday season. Thanks again, Michelle. Appreciate thank you, you, Troy. So long, everybody. Thanks again for listening. And a special thank you to our guest, Michelle Wheely for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TEDCO and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to TEDCO Talks.